Valley Life Church exists to make disciples and plant churches. Inside Valley Life Church is a series of interviews with pastors, deacons, and volunteers to give listeners a fuller picture of all that is happening in our disciple-making, church-planting family. Well done. I'm Matthew Mueller, pastor of Valley Life Church North Peoria. I'm here with lead pastor Brian Bowman. We'll be talking about prepping the sermon. All of that is true. Yes, all of it's true. So, this week, this upcoming Sunday, we start Beyond Obedience, our parenting series. Yeah, like the fourth fourth or fifth time For in you. the history of Valley Life. Yeah, yeah, that, that's wonderful. Uh, so, we're taking a break from 2 Corinthians, which has been a lot of fun. I've, I've really... It's a ch- it's been a challenge for sure. Yeah, it's definitely stretching, a lot of growing. I mean, look, as far as like really getting context down, it's been a lot more work than we usually have to do because the context of Second Corinthians. So we're taking a break for that though. Now we're going to like more of like a topical. We're re- specifically talking about parenting, and you and I were just talking about beforehand. What's different is like the approach is a lot the same, except for we're going one step further than we usually have to do. A lot of times we run through, find out what's being said, and then apply that to the life of a Christian now. Well, we're going to go one step further, and we're saying we're going to apply that specifically to your parenting or to children, like yeah. how it applies to your family. I was in a conference one time, and the, and the leader, pastor guy was talking to everybody, and it was a pastor's conference. He goes, I don't have any problem with topical sermons as long as they're done exegetically. And everybody laughed that, like he was making a joke, and I could tell, I don't think he's actually joking. It's, but it's kind of funny. Right. But, but in reality, I'm, I'm the same way. We're going to do a topical series on parenting, but we're going to find a text and we're going to exegete that text. We're not right. taking our ideas to say, well, this is how I parented Bailey and Britt. Now let's find places in the Bible that might support those points. M- might back that up. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Because I mean, even which our people call eisegesis. That's if you, you know, you've seen your story. Yeah. In. I'm interjecting it and pulling it out would be exegesis. So for everybody likes to use those words. That's what they mean. Yeah, because the audience of people who like to use those words is pretty big. (laughs) Some people say it. (laughs) Uh, So specifically this upcoming week, we're going to be in Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 and 2. And just like real quick, because it's only two verses, we can read through that. It starts off like this. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I commanded you all the days of your life and that your days may be long. Amen. So what's interesting, like if you read this first, like if you were just doing like devotion time, you're probably not going to go straight to like, Oh, parenting, this is parenting. Other than the fact that it says your son and your son's son, there's not a whole lot in there. So how do we take that text, exegete it correctly and then apply it? parenting uh well i think what you just said there is is super key is if if the way that some if a way a christian reads the bible is i can only um envision this being a parenting passage if it says fathers do not exasperate your children or children obey your parents well yeah i mean obviously that but also to to first to first of all understand what's happening here yeah. And you you know, you're reading Deuteronomy, this is the second law, the second giving of the law. You go through there, you see this is a commandment, the statutes and the rules that I commit uh, that the Lord your God command me to teach you. And then when he starts to say, and that you tell your kids a a um what? A responsible Bible reader right. should go, Oh, so parenting. This applies to my life. I'm afraid 
I don't know how afraid I am, but sometimes I think, are the people who read this only thinking, oh, so that's what God wants Moses to do? Or are they thinking, oh, so God wants me to know that's what Moses was supposed to do? Right. Or what we want to do today was just to say, hey, God wanted Moses to tell the people that. You should know that God wanted Moses to do that. Right. And then you should apply it to your life and think, oh, so I should do similar things. Not exactly the same thing because the context is different. Right. But in the same way, this is the way we should approach our, you know, our leadership positions. Exactly. No, I think that's spot on. So knowing as we go to like prep this first, the first thing we do, we, we read through the text, pray through the text. You and I have already kind of done a lot of that already, but then you go in like, Hey, what is it actually saying before we can even get into like, how am I going to preach this on Sunday to parents or to the church? Uh, what is it actually saying? It's important to know this is the second reading of the law, the land that they're getting ready to talk about inheriting. We know they're getting ready to go over to the promised land. This is the land they're going to inherit. And this is how they're to live in the land God's given them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the plan is that these commandments will go on generationally. We see all that there. There's not a whole lot to have to like digest contextually. Yeah. Once you got that, you kind of know what's happening here. Yeah. So then we get into the fun stuff of like, okay, so what key ideas here do we see that we want to like go ahead and, and capitalize in? And this week we're, we said, we're going to talk about authority, which is fun for you to break down authority for me. I'd never heard this authority comes from what author. Yeah. From uh, the creator or the author comes the power to decide what a thing is for. You've probably heard me talk about the watch. You can nail a nail into the wall with your watch, but that's not what it's for. The creator, the designer, the author has the authority to say, well, that's this thing is only good or bad insofar as it can do its thing. And its thing is not for nailing nails into the wall. It's for telling time. And a hammer is good at this. And it all comes down to authority. authority. So, are you a good parent? I was listening to a, um, it was a long, long time ago, driving down the road, listening to the radio, and one of the famous women in Hollywood, celebrity or whatever, said, it was, I don't know, know what the ad was for, but they said, you're a good mom, and you want so-and-so for your kids. And I thought, you can't say whoever is listening to this is a good mom. For one thing, I'm a dad. I'm not a good mom. And secondly, you can't say what is good unless you know what it's for. Right. You have to go back to the author. God is the author of parenting, and he's the one that will decide what what you are to do. And with what you are to do, you can decide whether or not you're good at it. And then to say everyone is good at it, or even everyone is trying, right. um, well, it lessens those who really happen to be good at it or have tried to become good at it, or at least giving effort to be good at it. Well, for sure. I mean, even like you say all the time, somebody in the room is the smartest in the room, somebody's the dumb. Somebody is totally the best mom in the room. Right. And somebody's totally like the least good mom in the room. And it takes away from everything if you just say, you're all great. Well, that's yeah. just not true. Yeah. And in fact, in the light of sin, like we know that like we're totally getting it wrong. Like, totally wrong. So we're talking about authority. And we're talking about, uh, we're calling the series Beyond Obedience. And I think you and I have kind of wrestled with like, be, what is beyond obedience? If we're striving for something that's not just at obedience, but beyond it or past it. What are we striving for? I think one of the, uh, yeah, start off with the name of the series. One of the problems with the way people approach parenting in the church is to say, well, beyond obedience should be 
uh, godliness or holiness sure. or Christ-likeness, fellowship with the Lord, whatever. But we can't control those things. Right. As a, you know, as a dad, you can't control those for nope. your little girls. Nope. Um, who is it? Matt Chandler, one of those guys says, we put kindling around their hearts, but only God can light the flame. Right. So we, we drag our kids. First, we take our kids to church before they know better. Then we drag our kids to church when they would rather be playing. Um, only God can set their hearts towards him. So beyond obedience is not necessarily godliness or a Christian child right. or any of that. So what is it? Yeah, and, and I'm with you. I've, I've kind of leaned on, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's wisdom. What I want for them is wisdom. Right. Because that, that's where we're going. I think you've said, and I've stolen it and said it a bunch since then, is that really what I'm trying to do with Briella and Emerlyn is I'm trying to raise adults that I wouldn't mind being friends with. Right. Yeah. I want them to be wise, and I want them to, yes, I want them to love the Lord, but I don't get to choose that for them. But I will kind of build them up to be wise. Uh, and it seems like that's kind of where we've been leaning is that the thing beyond obedience is, is wisdom. Definitely. And uh, I know you're, you got us over here in uh, Deuteronomy 6. I have it listed out here in my notes that the theme of all of the Proverbs is Proverbs 1-7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Yeah, That's why we're aiming them for is to be wise is is fear of the lord fear of the lord so if the thing beyond wisdom i mean beyond obedience is wisdom or fear of the lord mm -hmm. uh what does authority like how do we get to authority right how do we use authority that's this sermon mm -hmm. and so talking about how authority embracing our authority as parents helps us uh reach beyond obedience how does it? Is yeah, yeah, how we how are we going to do that? How are we going to tie in? Authority helps us get to the fear of the Lord or wisdom. Yeah, well, you have to believe in your authority. You have to believe in your own selfless authority in order to even get to obedience. So to say beyond obedience is not to say um, we've transcended obedience, so we skip right over it. Yeah. But we, we do want obedience out of our child. That's, that's part of fearing the Lord. Right. But in order to, to do that, in order to get beyond obedience, it's selfless authority. In order to get obedience, you got to believe in your authority. And we want both. Yep. So a parent who believes in their own selfless authority is, is to say, like, I'm not making these rules to make my life more convenient. Or I'm not um, taking away these, whether we issue rules or take rules away, what, repeal. <laughs> we yeah. might be repealing laws. We might be instituting laws. But none of that is for me. It's not for your mom. It's, this is selfless. We want something for you. We're not just trying to get the lawn mode. Right, exactly. And I think what's fun is we looked through the text last week at Preaching Collective. The first thing is like now this is the commandment that the Lord God commanded me to teach you, that you would do them, but then that you would teach them. Like this is God commanded, that authority isn't just something that exists. It's commanded to parents to to have authority over their children. Yeah, you can't, you're, you're just not allowed to. It's bad if you do abdicate your authority and say, well, I don't really see myself as the authority over my kid. If you are a Christian and you are sitting underneath the Bible, this is one of the places where God says you don't get to step out of authority. I'm putting you in charge. I command you to command your children. Yeah, I mean, then we see this a lot of places, right? Like uh, husbands over the household, God, God gives puts that responsibility in there. You gave me the analogy one time. Um, somebody has to drive the car and God just said the husband was going to be the one to do that. Now that authority rests in with him. 
Um, yeah, very often, Brooke drives the Regal that we own. Yeah, but not your not the Regal of your marriage. <laughs> My Regal marriage. <laughs> your Regal marriage. So one. So as we were kind of working out through, we we saw first in verse one. This is a command from God. Authority of a parent is commanded from God. It's created for, and it was commanded by God. Yeah. So we called that derivative authority. Derivative, because everything derives. From God's authority. Yeah, and when we take authority where we're not uh, given it, where it d- is not derived from, that's bad. I, I liked what we talked about, too, that uh, this is, and then when we get authority wrong, misuses of authority, because all authority is derivative of authority from God, when we misuse our authority, we're actually lying about who God it's is. It's a great sin. It's a great sin to misuse authority, to be authoritarian, uh, to overreach, all that stuff. You're right. It totally lies about who God is. And even the other extreme, right? Passivity. Like if we're just yeah. kind of like, that lies about God. Because God yeah. is not a passive God. He's a very active authority, authority having God. He yeah. possesses authority. And he has given authority to others. Same thing with the government. Yeah. I mean, it, it, anytime we talk about submission to authority, uh, people can get bristled up. But we know we submit to the government. There's authority in churches. There's authority in homes. And goodness gracious, of course, there's authority over kids. Yeah, absolutely. So... First, authority is commanded from God. Uh, you've already kind of hit on this, but then one of the things we said was that, like, authority is for the child. And you, we already talked about the selflessness there. We have to believe that it is better for our children to go ahead and, and to, um, to ha- execute authority over them, to teach them that it's not passivity, it's not dictatorship, it's selfless authority. Yeah, and in the text, it's that your days may be long. Now, obviously, maybe it's not obvious, but it's true that, Moses is telling the, you know, one-to-one, he's telling these people that your days may be long, but certainly by implication is that the life of the children, as this is executed in the life of Israel, it's for the good of your life, not having a a short and difficult life, but having a long, bountiful life. This is God's plan. Yeah, absolutely. For flourishing, you know? Yeah, and I I think you already talked about, like, the two pitfalls. I don't know about how you're preparing the sermon, but for each of these points, I kind of have, like, both sides of the horse. Mm. Um. And then on this one, there's that one using that authority for personal gain, where whether that's just I'm too lazy. Uh, I, I remember growing up, like it was always like my dad would walk by the coffee pot and it was like, Matt, could you get me a cup of coffee? Like, wait a, wait a minute. You just you don't really believe that it's good for me to learn how to get coffee. But the other side of that is um, that not really believing in that it's right to tell your kid for the eighth time to go back to bed. Mm-hmm. You, you said uh, what is, there's no nobility in telling your kid to go to bed for like the fifth time. Yeah, but we it, can, it can feel like there's no nobility in that. Right. Yeah, but it, you have to believe in your in the command, the the derivative selfless authority. And when you start to feel like, is this really just for me, um, man? You should ch- you got to check your heart on that because the thing that the selfish, self motivated, non interested in his kid dad says is the same thing that the selfless totally loving dad is going to say from time to time, Hey, it's time to go back to bed. It just depends on what heart you're working out of what, whether or not it's godly authority. It's the same thing in a church, right? You know, a, a pastor who says, um, Hey, I really, I really want you guys to come listen to me preach. Cause I feel so much better about myself when you do that. Well, that's obviously terrible. But the other pastor who says the same thing I want y'all here is merely obeying Hebrews ten twenty five. Yeah. We should gather. So I think, Practically, even like given the example of like the, the kid not going back to bed, one, you as a parent got to believe, no, that kid, it's better for that kid 
to be asleep. To like yeah, and you shouldn't make the rule if you don't believe that. Correct, totally. And the other half of that is too that I, especially with my children right now, I got toddlers. It's good for you to know that you have to listen to dad. Yeah. Like you need to know because as an adult, you're going to have some authority and you're going to have to figure out how you're going to respond to that. It just dawned on me we're way over in application. Oh yeah, we we don't ever do that, but we here we are. This one's so applicable, but. Okay, so going back to what the text says, mm-hmm. this is my favorite point that we kind of said is in the text. It's the generations. A parent's authority reaches into the future. Yeah. This is the, the idea that Moses uh, was given this to give to people who would give it to their children and to their children. Um, I think of that like that's the blessing song, right? Like a, um, for your children and their children right. and their children, for the generations to come. And I, I mean, what we're talking about, what, what Moses is talking about is generational wisdom. Like, hey, I want you to have these commands that it would be, that you would obey them, that your children obey them, and that your grandchildren obey them, because that would be better for them if they would be able to obey. Now, we know Israel isn't able to do that. They, they don't, hence why we need Jesus. Yeah. In verse 2, when he said, that you may fear the Lord your God, which is wisdom, you and your son and your son's son. I mean, he's practically talking about a time machine of authority there. This is going to reach out into the future. And the way you do that is by keeping his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life. And one, this is mildly application, not mildly. This is like full on applicational. But one of the things that stuck out to me, and, and you know, I'm all about family dynamics. It's really important to me. This is where we really can start talking. This isn't like the thing, but th- this points to a way you can see. Like this is like where we start breaking generational like curses. Now, there's totally things that play into that, but like, hey, what I'm trying to do is generational wisdom. Learning from, I want to give my children wisdom so there's a pattern of generational success in terms of wisdom and reverence for the Lord as opposed to like generational curses. Mm-hmm. So contextually, I know you're, you're thinking about like right yeah. now, think about Moses. Oh, yeah. We're, we're coming out of slavery. We're coming out of like trying to hold on to yeah. our, our faith in Abraham, but also there's all this uh, Egyptian wickedness around us. Now we get to go be our own people, and the law of God has just been given in the previous chapter. Right. You know, these are the Ten Commandments, and you're going to keep keep them like this. So, yeah, it is. I don't know that there's no reason to think they would say generational curses or, or anything like that, but it's certainly what's going on is this is the way this family, even though it's a nation, yeah. this family is going to be from now exactly. on. Yeah, and, and and without the authority, without. The law, there's nothing that says this is how the family's going to be. Yeah. I think that's, so that's, that's what we're working towards this week is taking all, Deuteronomy 6, 1, 2. Properly using exegesis to pull out what's true there and then lay that over parenting. Yeah. And that's what we, that's what we get to do today. All right. Thanks for spending some time with us. Yeah. Press on. Live